morning. It's great to see you and be with you this morning. Uh, Luke called, I don't know, three weeks ago maybe and said, uh, can you teach on January 18th? And I used to teach uh, every Sunday, and I really miss it. I really miss not teaching. So I said yes right away. And my assumption was, I need a place to sit this stuff. Uh, my assumption was that it would be a, what we call one-off, uh, greatest hits. You know, come in and uh, just do something that's worked. And he said, no, we're doing a series, All of Life, All for Jesus. I said, well, that's great. What are the topics? And he said, marriage, parenting, uh, work, and whatever the other one, money. Uh, and money's right in my sweet spot. I said, well, three of those I can knock out of the park. He and I said, what, is I, what do I have? And he said, parenting. And I, and I just I cringed. Um, and, and I'll tell you why. I have been teaching on parenting for 30 years. Okay, now listen closely. Which makes me an expert on teaching on parenting. <laughs> It does not make me an expert on parenting. Uh, I have, in all of the topics that I've ever taught, the one that every time gets a pushback, uh, gets a, a negative response, exposes hurt and pain and guilt, parenting goes right to the top of the list. So I, I know that up front. I'm also not naive. I, I know that you're all at different spots that uh, uh, some of you uh, are single parents, and, and that presents a whole unique uh, set of opportunities for you. Uh, I, I, I just, I know, I'm, I was on a panel the other night. This is, a, and, I, and I've got a, like a ton of illustrations today that all make me look good, okay? So I apologize for that. And this sounds, right, so self-serving, but I want to illustrate the point. Uh, Jerry Smith and I were, were doing a, a discussion with our 710 group in, in Gilbert, which is kind of mid-college to, let's say, 30s. And there was a question on regrets. What regrets do you have? And, and my, I, I have so many regrets, I, remember, I can't even list them. And I was getting ready to talk about parenting, and I said, well, probably parenting. And here's what Jerry said. Jerry said, Tom was the best dad I ever saw. Now, now I don't know. I can't argue that because that's his experience, and it makes me feel good. But I, I, I think of parenting, and I, all I think of is I didn't do this, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. So, so when it came time to, to come in this morning and talk to you, I, I, wasn't, sure, uh, I wasn't sure how to approach it. And I, I text Luke and said, I think I'm going to do much more of a fireside chat than a, than a Bible lesson. And, and so what I decided to do is to give you um, some positive things to do. And then I've got a list of things you can do uh, that will guarantee that you can ruin your kid. Okay. <laughs> Now, I, I should tell you that I made, and this is a result of Luke, uh, I made a resolution at the beginning of the year that I am uh, going to be a positive person. We were at our 
Uh, <laughs> I know. This is harder than losing weight, trust me. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, we were having lunch, getting ready to go on a retreat, and we were talking about football and football coaches, and, and I don't like this, I don't like that, and Luke said to me, you don't like anybody. And it went through me like, I mean, it was not intended to be, it was, a, it was a statement of fact. And I don't want to be that guy. So I've got 18 days of being positive, which was really hard at the, <laughs> at the Iowa Bowl game this year. Cause I went in and I said to Sandy, I'm going to get some coffee, go to the bathroom, watch the game. And I came back and Iowa was behind 21 to nothing. So it was really difficult. So let me give you some things. Uh, I don't have them on the screen because I was still moving them around at 5.30 this morning. So I, these are just, I'm convinced that most of the parenting you do is, is common sense and just thinking. So let me give you, here's the first thing. To understand your actions can't be separated from your words you you can't be coming in here and have your badge on that says greeter ask me walking around leading a study in the sermon on the mount leading in the band and then go home and be that other person this may be the greatest moment of my life we were in a welcome class at Gilbert, and uh, it's where we go around the room, and you identify yourself, and you talk about yourself, and my daughter Haley was on campus for something, and she came in, and she sat down, and so we're going all the way around the room, and who are you, and who are you, and we get to Haley, and I'm not going to call on her, and she stands up, and she said, I'm Haley Schrader, and Tom is my dad. And the most frequently asked question I ever get is, is he like that at home? What's he like at home? And she said, I want to tell you, he's at home the same way he is when he's at church or anywhere else. Let me tell you how you could really run into a problem. If you're saying one thing and doing another, you're a hypocrite. And those kids all spot it like that. Here's the second thing. I think parenting can really be overemphasized. It's probably as not as much now as it was 15 or 20 years ago. It was all family, parenting, parenting, parenting. That's all we talked about. I had uh, heart surgery a year, a year ago yesterday I got out of the hospital. And so I had two months at home, and I uh, found a website with all these great old teachers, Howard Hendricks, uh, Chuck Swindoll, uh, Randy Alcorn, just great old teaching. And I was surprised how much of it was on family. Okay? In, in our day, I thought that, that we could spend too much time, too much emphasis on family. It's really important, but it's just, and don't make this mistake, it's just another aspect of your Christian life. Here's the third thing. These kids really need you in their corner. Haley, I have two daughters, Haley and Sarah. Sarah's the older one. Um, Sarah, uh, Haley got married first. Some slug came along and took her right out from under. 
And so it was Tyler and Haley. And uh, the night they were married, uh, Susan and I went back to the house, and Haley had snuck a card in where we would find it. And it's one of those cards you wish you'd get from your kid. And I don't want to read you all of it, but it said this, I am today who I am because of you, because of your time and your effort and your work. Now listen to this. This is a girl getting married. You are my biggest fans and supporters. Thank you for all you did to make today possible and for loving Tyler and making him part of the family. Thank you for never giving up on me even when I already had. These kids need you in your corner as a cheerleader. Not blowing smoke at them, but not ripping them apart. Telling them you can do it. Saying, hey, you know, you got a dream? So you, your dream is why Haley had this idea. You know, she said, hey, could, could I be president? And I said, well, based on what I've seen, yes. Uh, but, uh, and this was not now, okay? So don't beat me up on this. This was back however long ago. And so I got a picture of the White House and framed it and put it in a room. Not, not that I ever thought she'd be president, but to go, you can, you can do what you want to do, buddy. I'm here in your corner. I, I do it now with the, with the grandkids, especially the boys, because they're playing baseball. So I go to all of these games, and I am stunned at the parents who are not only not cheerleaders, but derogatory. I'm pulling these kids apart. These kids need you in their corner. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a tough world out there in third grade. Isn't not a tough, maybe, from your perspective? Braden is uh, nine, and he's got this great red hair. I didn't know about red hair until I had uh, him, and I, and I would take him, and everywhere we went, women would stop me. Can I touch him? <laughs> oh, gosh. I said, I, I got to rent a red-haired kid and head to the mall. <laughs> but I, 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 had, I forgot my point. <laughs> what did I say right before that? Oh, life's tough. So Braden comes home. Thank you. Well, Braden comes home this year, or last year, and it was a kid, he was in second grade and a sixth grade kid, kind of picking on him for, you know, his red hair and all of this stuff. Then Haley sent me a text, here's what Braden just said to me, I think that kid's really mean, I think he's wrong, but, all, but I know Jesus loves me. Okay, well he needs to know mom and dad love him. He needs to know they're in your corner. Uh, l let me tell you something else positive that, that uh, you already know. You can't teach these kids what you don't know. Can you put up uh, the scripture we read? Start at verse 7. Start with the second slide. Okay? You shall teach them diligently to your children these precepts, these laws, these truths. When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, that's lifestyle. One of the things Susan did 
that was amazing is she turned the whole world into a Bible lesson. A trip to the grocery store was a Bible lesson. On stewardship, look at this is 14 cents an ounce, and if we buy this much, it's 9 cents an ounce. This, this is how you treat people? Listen, now, you can't teach them what you don't know. You, you need, especially dads, you need to be the spiritual leaders of the house. This is not something. One of the, one of the great things I love, and I, and I did this last time when I was here, but, but here, I mean, right here are three guys sitting with the kids' shirts on. They're going to teaching kids' ministry. That is such a powerful message. It's so powerful to see the dads leading. When we opened East Valley Bible Church, Daryl Del Jose came down to speak. And he said, take me around the campus. And I said, all right. So we're going. And he said, how do you get all these men to serve in kids' ministry? And we said, we just set it out there as something that needs to happen. That's the guy leading the house. You can't teach them what you don't know, and that's your obligation is to teach them however you're going to do it. Here's the next one. Remember this. You're the boss. It seems like I'm watching all these parents who are trying to be friends to their kids. They don't need a body, Okay? You don't need to wear skinny jeans just because they do and be their friend and put your hair up in the point and do all the stuff just because they do. You're their dad. You're their mom. I used to tell my kids that all the time. I really don't care. I'd like you to like me, but my job is such that you're not going to like me son of the time. When I was uh, getting ready to teach on parenting, this is, uh, wow, 10 years ago, a lady sent me an email. I think I understood you to say that you're going to talk about the importance of parenting and the parents saying no to their kids. I think this is going to be this Sunday. If so, that's great and really needed. I'm a junior high math teacher, and I can't tell you how much parents need to hear this. I've been teaching for more than 20 years, and parenting skills are at an all-time low. Parents are becoming more and more permissive with their kids. As a result, these kids are getting harder and harder to teach. At parent-teacher conference, it's sometimes hard to determine which one is the child and which is the parent. You need, you need to take charge in the family. And I think parenting is a really hard job, and I'll tell you why. It's 24-7. You can't back off the gas for a second. Because the minute you back off, they're going to challenge you. And you got to be there. And, and those, those mom, you moms that stay home, that's brutal. <laughs> I remember coming home and Susan would say, all I did today is say, no, 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 no. I need to talk to an adult. Say, some, <laughs> say something to me. And I'd say, well, what's for dinner? And she, <laughs> Would never help you. you. You moms will get this. Haley knew I was teaching this, so she's been thinking about it all week. And she had harmony. You, you can describe the moment. She had harmony on her lap this week. And it's that sweet, tender moment. She said, oh, harmony, I love you. 
And she looked up at Haley and said, I love dad. <laughs> I'd come home and the girls would be sitting out in front on chairs because when dad came home, the fun began. It's hard. It's really hard work. It's 24-7. You can't back off. You go two more positives, then we'll get to the negatives. Two more positives. Parenting is not one size fits all. I would never say, here's the style. Here's the way. Here's what you need to do. Uh, Susan and I did things uh, in parenting that um, you, you probably never do. We didn't have, that I can remember, any rules. We kind of instinctively knew what to do. When the girls were older, here's what I'll tell you. Here's a principle. You got to get on these kids when they're young. And you got to make it tight when they're young. When our kids were small, I had a lot of people who were, who were critical of how strict we were. But here's why, here we go, kind of, kind of think of it this way. We were really tight, and, and, and we got them to understand what was important and what was true and what was real. And then as they got older, we had two teenage daughters, and we didn't have any rules. We didn't have any curfew. They would go like this, which I think is brilliant parenting. <laughs> it would go like this. They'd say, uh, Dad, uh, what time do you want me home? I said, where are you going? Well, we're going to get something to eat. Well, it's 7 o'clock. Uh, why don't you be home by 9? 9? I'm thinking 11. And I say, I've watched you eat. You should be home by 7.05. I mean, I don't know why you need, to, I don't know why you need till 9, okay? Be home at 9. They'd say 9.30. I'd say 8.45. This isn't going to work for you. And, and then... And then literally two weeks later, they'd say, what time do you want us home Friday night? I'd say, what are you going to do? Well, there's a football game, and then the boys got a shower, then we're going to eat, and then we're going to go to a movie. Well, that might be like 1 or 1.30. Be careful with these. Don't do these when you're 16. When you're 16, you can date. Let me tell you what's going to happen when that kid turns 16. They're going to want to what? Date. And I know a whole lot of 16, I know a whole lot of 36-year-olds that aren't ready to date. (laughs) But be careful in that one-size-fits-all, hard, narrow scope. And then teach these kids what's truly significant. It's what Solomon says at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. When all's said and done, heard it all, understand it all, fear God, keep his commandments. So, here's a couple of, here's 10 things you can do to ruin your kid. Number one, attempt to live your life through them. Uh, One of my great regrets is that we just have two kids. And the reason is, I was afraid we'd get a boy. Um, I don't have anything against boys, I am one. But I was afraid if I had a boy... I would try to make him everything I wasn't. 
I, I was afraid, and, and I think I was wrong, but I was afraid that my pride would kick in. That's your besetting sin. Uh, Sarah, the oldest, after first grade, in the mail one day came her Iowa basic skills score. And so I opened it, and I was devastated. And, and I sat down with her, and I said, according to this, you're average. Now, this comes from your mom's side of the family. <laughs> so there's hope that we can power through this. But see, I wanted this daughter that was kind of a combination of, of Elizabeth Elliot and Shania Twain and Margaret Thatcher. You know, strange combination. But, but I wanted that kid, I, I wanted that kid to be really special. Let me tell you why. This is sick. So when you looked at that kid, you'd say, she must have a heck of a dad. One thing you can do to ruin your kid, and I watch this at every ball game I'm at. Some big guy that never played a down in football, and he's out there trying to tell this kid, this six-year-old, how to play flag football like it's a Super Bowl. Here's the second thing. Refuse to fulfill your God-given role. The best thing you can do, guys, for your kids is let them see you love your wife. Guys, don't lead. Sit back. Say whatever. And do whatever you want to do. Wives, just undermine, ridicule, disrespect your husband. That'll ruin the kids. Here's the third thing. Give them stuff instead of love. Quote from an article, by every measure, parents are shelling out record amounts of money. According to market research, families with 3 to 12-year-olds spend $53.8 billion annually on entertainment personal care items. This is $17.6 billion increase from 10 years ago. Teens are spending huge amounts of, of money themselves. Despite good intentions, to many, they find themselves raising, listen to this phrase, quote, wanting machines, who respond like Pavlov's dog to marketing that's aimed right at them. Even getting what they want doesn't satisfy them. Now a growing number of psychologists and educators and parents think it's time to stop the madness and start teaching kids about what's really important. Values like hard work, delayed gratification, honesty, compensation. Give them stuff. Give them stuff instead of love. And this is really, really, you're really vulnerable now because you're working very hard. Maybe not there like you should be. Not at every game, not doing it. So here's what you do. You give them stuff instead of love. I had uh, Sarah one time, she was a little kid, and I was getting ready to teach. And I said, <laughs> do you need quality time or quantity time with me? Now, she's about six. 
He said, well, I'm not sure what you mean. I said, do you need time that's quality time where we're doing stuff and we're engaged and we're having fun? Or do you need quantity time? Do you need a lot of time with me? <laughs> and she said, I need what? Both. Both. Stuff is never going to replace you. Here's the fourth thing you can do to ruin a kid is withhold discipline. Temple University psychologist Steinberg says this, quote, children need limits on their behavior because they feel better and more secure when they live within a certain structure. Years ago, Jim Dobson said, the number one mistake we make in raising kids is thinking if we love them enough, we don't need to discipline them. I, I am amazed what I'm... Uh, I, 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 I sound maybe like a grumpy old man here, but I'm amazed when I'm out and I'm watching these parents with these kids. Uh, Sky, 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 come over here. Come over here right... One... Two, three. Well, all we've proven is you can, you, you can count. Here's how this goes. Here's how this should go. Sky, come over here. No, bam. And then Sky will be there the next time. Huh? You have to discipline the kids. The kids are craving for structure. They'll thrive within the limits around them. And you need to provide that. You need to give them that. Here's the fifth thing. Let peer pressure drive your parenting. Last night was Lucy's birthday, so we were at Haley's house. She said, have you got your thing ready for tomorrow? And I said, yeah. She said, here's what I think. And, uh, and it's this point right here. She said, so many times when I'm parenting, I'm worried about what other people will think. And it affects what I do. I came home one day, and I, I, I don't remember. I'll, I'll mess up on the ages. It doesn't matter. But Sarah was like, I don't know, eight, 19 months. And I'm having lunch with a guy at work, and he's got a kid that's 17 months. And the 17-month-old is potty trained, and Sarah's not. And I was devastated. And I came home, and I said to Susan, well, you must be screwing this up somehow. <laughs> I mean, we got a, she's 19 months and not potty trained, and this kid is potty training, and she said, that doesn't matter. I said, what matters to me? This kid's and she said, Tom, is there anybody in your office that's not potty trained? <laughs> I said, well, there's one guy in the retail department that I'm not too sure about. But, I mean, I was driven by that. What will people think? Bailey had an incident uh, a couple of weeks ago at BSF where Harmony got away from her, and she's chasing Harmony, and Harmony's heading for Ray Road. And, and, and she describes it, in the middle of all this, I'm chasing my kid. I'm saying to myself, what kind of mom am I? And I'm saying, here's 200 women walking out of a Bible study. What do they think of me? It, it, it's your kid, and you know what they need, and you're unique, and you give it to them. Here's the sixth thing. You want to really mess up these kids, 
Never tell them you're sorry. This is classic. This is what you'd see in a movie. I uh, came home one day, and uh, Susan said, Sarah's down in her room. She got home from school. She's been waiting for you. She's so excited. She can't wait to see you. She got her report card. And I said, oh, well, that's great. And I went down, and I said, hi, Sarah. And she said, Dad, look at my report card. And it was like four A's and a B. A B in English, I think. And I said, how can you get a B in English? <laughs> I never got a B in English. Never got an A in English either. <laughs> my kids still don't believe that on my graduation day from college, I had a 3.3. My blood alcohol level, but <laughs> nonetheless. But I, I mean, I said, Sarah, look at it. And you could watch. It was like somebody let all the air out of this kid. She'd been there so excited, and she'd worked so hard. I said, you know, that's really, I mean, I, and that's pretty good, but I don't know. You got to work on the B. And I went down. Susan got me aside. This is how you do it. You don't do it in front of the kids. Susan got me aside and said, uh, that was awful. You got to fix that. I said, well, what do I do? <laughs> she said, we got to go tell her you're sorry. And I walked in, and she was sitting on her bed, and she was all teared up. I mean, this is a low point for me. And I sat down next to her, and I said, you know, Sarah, I was really, I was really wrong. And then she said, that's okay, Dad. Now, let me give you a warning, because your kids will say that to you, and that doesn't make it okay. And I said, no, it's not okay. I messed that up. And I said, I really screwed that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she said, that's okay. You do it all the time. <laughs> well, I didn't make it any better. <laughs> those kids, those kids can absorb all kinds of bad parenting if they know you love them. Sarah and I would go like this a lot. Haley was very much like her mom, and, and Sarah was very much like me. And we'd have these, but we survived all of that. She knew I loved her. Here's the, the number seven. You can mess your kids up by teaching them to be open-minded, especially on spiritual matters. So all of a sudden you get this junior high kid and he doesn't want to come to church anymore. So you go, well, I guess. I, it's not worth the battle. I'm not going to make him come. Wait a minute. If he said, I don't want to go to math class, would you say, uh-uh, you don't need to go? You just taught him math's more important than church. Here's what I've learned of 30 years of this. These kids hear this stuff and it frequently comes back in their mind. You don't teach them to be open-minded about things that God says. I teach them that word, and that shuts this down. Four minutes here and a couple more things. You can mess them up if you don't restrain your mouth. If you tell a kid you're fat, you're stupid, you're dumb, pretty soon that kid's going to think, 
I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. It, it really is because you're that authority figure and, and you've got that, especially dads. Isn't that what Paul says in Ephesians 6? Don't exasperate, provoke your children. You're the control figure in there. And James tells us this mouth is, is like a, this tongue is like a fire that can destroy. I am, again, stunned as I watch parents at these ball games and what they say to their kids, you can't play, you can't jump. Look at him, look at the way he hits. And here's what the kid hears. He wishes that was his kid. Dad wishes that was his kid. I'll give you a couple more. It'll mess up your kids. When problems come into your marriage, split up. I was with somebody not long ago and they were saying, we're having a lot of problems in our marriage. We're going to split up. It's best for the kids. And I said, no. What's best for the kids is for both of you to put on your big boy and big girl pants and quit being selfish and love one another, and that's what's best for the kids. Don't cut and run. I know it's tough, but don't cut and run. Here's the last thing you can do to mess up your kids is to hold them too tightly. It's to parent out of fear instead of grace. Great book for you, Tim Kimmel, K-I-M-M-E-L, Tim Kimmel, Grace-Based Parenting. A lot of times, especially if you became Christians as adults, your tendency is to want to hang on to these kids because you're afraid. You know what you did. You know how you lived. Uh, Haley was always very timid on rides. So we'd go to Disneyland. She didn't like the rides. and So finally, we're going, and there's Splash Mountain. Ah! So she said, all right, I'll do it. And we're on Splash Mountain. I'll, I will never forget this. She's in front of me, and we're going through there, and it's zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. We're moving around. And we get to this little part, and it goes, whoa. She said, well, that wasn't so bad. I said, well, I don't think that's it. <laughs> so I got her. And she said, hold me tight, Daddy. Hold me tight. Hold me tight, Daddy. And you could see it. You know how you're coming through, and it's getting brighter. The screams are getting closer. Hold me tight, Daddy. Hold me tight. Hold me tight. Ah! <laughs> Well, that's cute when they're six, but not when they're 26. <laughs> Here was our strategy in parenting. Get it down to one phrase, and I quit. We tried to raise our kids to be independent of us, but dependent on God. They're not our kids. I used to tell the kids, how many people are in our family? Four. No. Two. Your mom and me. You two just dropped in here, and you're going <laughs> to drop right back out. Eh? This is it. It's us. And I used to tell them, I love you, but I love your mom way more than you. Eh? And I love you. But, but you're not my kid. You're God's kid that he gave to me to steward. 
so that you become the women that God wants you to be. Well, helpful, I hope, practical. Let me pray and we'll continue to worship. I hope that's helpful to you. Father, thank you for those truths. Thank you for those reminders. It seems so basic, some of them, but we need to be reminded. God, it's an awesome responsibility to steward the kids you give us. But it's not impossible. It's difficult, but we have your spirit in us. Fill us and guide us with your spirit. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks. We thank Tom.